last couple of months, we've uh, probably all been uh, deluged by uh, political postcards and letters and getting phone calls and uh, endless commercials. And it gets more intense as uh, election day draws near and it can get, uh, get pretty annoying and pretty negative and, and, and nasty. But uh, I'll have to say, even despite all that, it's great to live in a country where we have a right to participate and a right to vote and to be involved. And uh, I think the Lord's desire for us as faithful, faith-filled citizens is letting our gospel principles, our, our spiritual principles, really kind of like shine through our actions and through our words. Jesus used, even used a couple images in the gospel to, with his disciples because he didn't want them to become an isolated commune rather be engaged he said be salt of the earth be light to the world you know those are images that speak of an involvement and participation engagement and truly having an impact uh pope john pope john paul ii now saint john paul ii when he was in our country a number of years ago he uh, shared some words and i thought they were very prophetic and very significant and i just wanted to share those today and you, you probably recollect that uh, when he was growing up he lived in grew up in poland communist Poland and so he knew what it was like to live in a system that was uh, very oppressive and sometimes very dehumanizing and so he, he knew the value of, of democracy and the church never enshrines any particular political system because they're ultimately human human constructs but the he knew some of the very positive dimensions of what we live in our democracy and he, he said this he said, democracy serves what is true and right when it safeguards the dignity of every human person, when it respects inviolable human rights, when it makes the common good the end and criterion regulating all public and social life. I say to you again, America, in light of your own tradition, love life, cherish life, defend life in all its stages and in every condition. I think great words of, uh, of encouragement about really what's at, the, what's at the heart of the gospel. You know, and as I, I, I listen to people, that's great concerns about the amount of violence in our world. Oftentimes the uh, disrespect for human life that, I mean, boy, just uh, as we listen to these political commercials, the, uh, the, what we've just lost in terms of being civil with one another and the, the amount of uh, kind of like, it's almost vile. And I think, gosh, what are we teaching young people about public discourse and how we talk with one another and, and treat one another? And I just watching the news yesterday with the, uh, the shootings that took place at the synagogue out in, 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 in Pittsburgh and the funerals that are taking place. And uh, you see that uh, racial and religious and ethnic hatreds are alive and well in our world and the many ways that human beings can disrespect and really disregard others in their, in their humanity. And so the words of Jesus in today's gospel are very, very important because he's right at the heart of his message. And I think what we're really meant to be about as we make this journey through life and what he's doing, he's quoting from the Old Testament, from Deuteronomy. What's at the heart of the Jewish law? It's this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our, is our God, the Lord alone. Therefore, as you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Jesus echoes that word for word in the gospel. And someone, someone asks him, what's at the center of it all? The heart of the law. He adds one thing, though. He said the second commandment is, 
is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus links these two, love of God, love of neighbor, love of self. You can't have one without the other. And really this, the sign of our, the genuineness of our faith in God is going to be reflected in how we treat others. And if there's a total disconnect there, you know, you leave church and boy, it's uh, all of a sudden out in the parking lot, it's like, uh, you know, it's, it, it gets just in light of people's behavior, something, something's missing there. So we're meant to kind of put it together, our love of God and love of neighbor. And we, we've heard that so many times, but boy, what a challenge it is in our world. When I uh, became pastor at the Newman Catholic Student Center in DeKalb, 1995, just above the church doors, when you would exit the body of the church to go out into the lobby, there was a scripture quote. And a very challenging one, you could, you could really miss it. But the quote was this, how can you say you love God whom you have not seen if you fail to love your neighbor whom you have seen? How can you say you love God whom you have not seen if you fail to love your neighbor whom you have seen? You know this neighbor thing? Someone asked Jesus one time, who is my neighbor? And Jesus shared a story, a parable, and it was a great parable of the Good Samaritan. And really the point of that parable is every person is our neighbor. In Jesus' time, many people thought that your neighbor was those in your religion, your clan, but not necessarily everyone. Jesus said it's everyone. There's a value and a worth to every human life because we come from God. Human beings, with our vision, we can miss that so easily, but that's really God's vision. And it's a tremendous challenge to live this one out and to put it in, into practice. So as we, uh, people will sometimes ask me, how do I know if I'm growing in my faith in God? How do I know if I'm advancing in prayer? You know, we look at our lives. How do we treat other people? That's kind of how we know there's spiritual growth going on. Are we growing in gospel virtues like patience and kindness, humility, wisdom, compassion, generosity? Are those virtues growing in our lives? Because they're going to overflow into how we treat other people. And uh, if there's a disconnect there, it's going to be reflected in, in the way we act, the way we speak. You know, in our world where life can be very, very cheap, the Lord counts on you and me to be his presence out there in the world. I wanted to say uh, a few things here about the last part of the equation here, which sometimes gets skipped. Where the love our neighbor as ourselves. There is a healthy Christian self-love. It's not self-centered, it's not arrogant, it's not narcissistic. It's rooted in humility and it's rooted in gratitude. And I think the Lord desires for us to have a positive self-regard in light of who we are. Our baptism, our beloved sons and daughters of God. And the reason why I, I lift this up, I talk with many people who struggle with self-hatred, self-loathing. They think they're garbage. And uh, it, it's more common than you, maybe you've got some struggles in that area. And sometimes that comes about through uh, what children hear growing up, where words like that can be directed their way. You're no good, you're not worth, you're never gonna amount to anything. And we can so easily internalize what we hear, what we experience. Sometimes adults, what they direct to each other with their words, their actions, can be very demeaning, even dehumanizing. We hear the words in these political commercials, which sometimes can be so demeaning and so belittling. And 
many, many people struggle with that self-loathing. And I think that's really a, a heresy, if you will, because I think the Lord wants us to know in our heart of hearts how he looks at us as a beloved son or daughter of God. And we never get arrogant because of that. If anything, it empowers us to live the gospel. If a person is in a grip of self-loathing all the time, it's like living in a straitjacket. It's kind of dead. But when the love of the Lord is alive in our hearts, you can't help but share that and live it and have an impact in light of the gospel. So as we gather today and we receive the Eucharist, and it's really, it's really the most powerful expression of God's love for you and me, that he chooses to come among us to nourish our souls, to let us know we are his sons and daughters, so that out there in the world where life can be very cheap, we can be about a whole different force, the force of the gospel. So let us ask for that grace as we receive Jesus today and go forth as his sons and daughters to truly make an impact for him in our world.